everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A podcast for Season 5, Episode 4. We are finally getting grooving. We are finally getting moving. And man, is it good to finally see a fight again in My Hero Academia. We got a tease last week, but I think we are safe to say we're in the, th- the season so far. What do you guys think? It's incredible. I was waiting for these fights for so long, and they're living up to the hype. Yeah, they... It's it's one thing to see them like on paper and you're like, oh, how are they going to do it? How are they going to translate it? How are they going to put it on screen? And they did it masterfully. So it's good to see. I'm happy that like like especially our fight where you don't have so many main characters. You have a couple. Um, it's 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 nice to see that they're all getting like the proper animation attention. No. Yeah, because this is the one thing about reading the manga is, you know, Horikoshi writes an awesome story and his drawings are are incredible. But the one thing you always wait for in the anime is to see the fights, right? Like this is course, this yeah. is what we come to anime to see. No, I I completely agree. But if you guys do not already know, my name is Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me I have Dylan Beal and James Graham. Well, we're gonna break down everything that happened in this episode, have a couple of other random topics, and just kind of giving our general thoughts on the series. And most importantly, each and every episode is going to start with a recap. And just because this is the first let's say fight recap I'm going to do. I want to just kind of make it clear. I'm not going to try to do the justice of explaining fight recap. You guys probably just watch the episode. You're about to watch the episode. If you haven't watched the episode, listen to it. Pause, go watch the episode, then come back. Cause this is all going to be full of spoilers. And then I don't need to fully recap a fight for you guys. Cause the animation does so much more justice. But before I do jump into that short recap, please make sure to follow us on YouTube. We have a five-star subscription on any podcast, uh, services I listen to, Interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you guys kind of want to do. We love interaction. We're obviously looking for any kind of growth in all these platforms as we're putting out more My Hero content than ever during Season 5. So if you enjoy this or anything else, you can find us on pretty much any platform we're looking for. Go leave us a follow and keep up to date with all of our content. But let's jump into the Season 5 recap, where basically the episode just starts with a short recap of everything that happened the last episode catching us up on the beginning of the joint training arc and pretty much getting us almost right to where last episode ended. And then the opening theme jumps in. After that, we get a little bit of a flashback right before the fight started where Shinzo is re-explaining his quirk. We get a little bit of a flashback back to when he first fought Deku. He can only really do one person at a time. They can just be knocked out by a little bit of shock to their body. And then also kind of going through his persona cords, which basically is a voice changer that allows him to simulate and change his vocal cords because he can't do it through a megaphone or anything like that to sound like other people because if anyone knows what his quirk is they just don't answer him and it has no effect on people but they class 1a runs out of time and the fight begins and we jump right back to where we are with the beast titan aka um shishida overlooking kaminari and shinzo where shinzo does brainwash him but shinzo is a little slow to react and gets put into air prison and then uh, Shishida just goes to town on everyone there. However, Sue does grab Subabara and starts to run away. And Kirishima finally gets up after being knocked out for like a minute. Breaks Kota out. They have a really good moment to try and stop him. And then they both just get tricked out of their mind. Kirishima gets yeeted and knocked up. And then Kota gets taken away and locked up as well. But luckily, Sue does get Subabara locked up. So it is going to be two to one. I just need to make it out. We'll talk about this later. But Subabara loves the tongue. And that is a very important thing to take away from this episode. So now that it is 2-1 with Class 1B in the lead, the remaining members of Class 1A and Shinzo have a short discussion about how they like each other, blah, 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 blah. And they seem to come up with a plan at that moment and go on the offensive. 
when Shishida does smell three Sus heading their way. Um, Kirishima then gets purposely captured by Vine as a distraction, and then Shinz does, Shinzo does end up brainwashing uh, Shiozaki, and Sue beats the shit out of the edgy Dragon Boy. Uh, Shishida then charges at Shinzo, knowing that they're the only one else, and not communicating with his teammate at all, because he doesn't want to get brainwashed again. Shinzo does try to stop him with a brining cloth, bringing a metal pipe down on his head, but it wasn't enough. When all of a sudden, Shishida starts hearing people talking to him from behind, yelling, dodge, watch out, all this kind of stuff, and he just thinks it's all a trick. But all of a sudden, Sue yeets the edgy dragon boy into the back of Shishida, and Class 1A wins the day. So, general thoughts about the fight. I know a lot of we've already read through the manga. We already kind of knew the outcome. Even after the last episode, we wanted to know who won this fight. So kind of going into this episode, we knew what the outcome was going to be. But did the fight live up to it? Not even the characters or anything kind of like that. But just was this a fun fight to watch? I think so. I, I thought it was a really good display of like what Shinzo had. And, you know, I, I never complained about seeing Denki and his electricity animated. So it was nice seeing Denki like like he's really doubled down into like his whole like his whole shtick, which is like everybody's scared the crap out of me so i'm just gonna make myself a target all the time right and it's nice that like there's enough character development with him that he recognizes the role he plays and he just embraces it right um i was really concerned to see how they were going to animate this because i remember reading through it in the manga i was like they make shishida like this like unstoppable force in the manga like if he felt so like how do you how do you beat him right so i was really curious how they were going to do it and i think they did a pretty good job i like you know he did feel more like the main character on the one b's team like he did feel like the real threat and i think they did a, a super good job just you know bringing that to bring that to the screen no yeah he was so much cooler than i remember him being it's been a long time since i read through these chapters and i'm sure during those chapters i'm like damn he's cool because this is one of the first things of the manga i actually read but i forgot just how dominant he was in this fight and, but it also goes to show how well Shinzo kind of plays into being on the field and kind of what I saw, um, Deku was saying at the end, that just by Shinzo being in the battle was able to completely control the field because you can't really communicate too much easily with teammates and that's ultimately how they ended up winning. So I thought the overall fight was super fun to watch. I am a little surprised by the pacing that I think this is going to be a lot longer art than we were talking to last week. Now we thought there was going to be a fight and a half, maybe at the minimum this episode. We got a full fight here. And I definitely think just remembering that I think next week's episode, definitely kind of teasing the Hawk stuff and this complicated plan around Kendo. I think every fight is going to be an episode plus. Yeah, I think, absolutely. yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, but I'm, the Deku one for sure going to be multiple. Yeah. I'm he's definitely Deku. not complaining because if they're at this quality, each one of them, that is going to be incredible. Like I, the overall arc, is just going to be, it's going to be one of my favorites if that's the case. Yeah, I think I like I'm sure Horikoshi did this d deliberately when he made these teams up that there's main characters or characters who have enough screen time on every team that it makes it so an episode plus the plus is warranted. Right. So, yeah, I think we're going to see that for, for every fight, which is sick. Right. It's great. Oh, yeah. So before we get into kind of our general, like our more broad topics on this, you guys have a couple of favorite moments. I mean, no, I like my my favorite one is Deku kind of like seeing. Uh, I was like, don't worry, Class 1A has him. And then Kirishima gets up, and you think he's just going to have this badass moment. He goes rock hard, breaks Koda out, then faces the Beast Titan. He's on screen for like a minute of this entire episode, did nothing. But he had the most hype from Deku ever, which I respect. Like, Deku having faith in him, but I just thought that was 
completely not what I was expecting when he got up. So I actually really like that because I think it puts like the power scale of class like together and actually kind of like crushes them up. So we know that they're all really powerful because in the end of season four, right? We get like three episodes of like Kirishima being like this ultra badass, super strong. And he is. Don't don't get me wrong. He is absolutely. But so is the rest of like the class. And so is the rest of UA. I think this kind of puts that in perspective a little bit. And I really like that. I, I thought it was really cool. Uh, like on top of that too it like it actively shows that shishida like respects the amount of strength that kirishima has that he's like okay i gotta just get him out of here entirely right so he just you know yeets him into vine right so um i think like it's nice it's nice to see that they they actively like recognize how yeah like like, like dylan said like how the power scaling is and how strong everybody is and like what the threats are right because like as soon as kirishima's gone it's right to danky and they're terrified of danky too right so yeah. another thing that I noticed that I really liked was on the um, like the commercial screens, like the coming back uh, from commercial screens for Shinzo's, it says that he really likes cats. Like that was his likes. And I just want to call this out because it's not uh, apparent in My Hero Proper, um, but they go into it a little bit in Vigilantes, which if you haven't read Vigilantes, please go read Vigilantes. It's wonderful. Um, but Aizawa really likes cats. I think it says um, it on his title card too, though. Really? Like early it, on, it, I'm pretty sure it, it said it. Does, it like, yeah. He likes cats. Yeah, but so I, I think that's like another uh, parallel between the two that I really liked. Um, I, I thought it was a really cool thing. I just wanted to make sure that we 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 recognized it before. Oh, uh, no, he gives off serious Aizawa. Maybe because they're working together. He has a binding cloth. He kind of has that rugged, like, whatever kind of attitude. So, But he's basically a baby Aizawa at this point, and I don't think anyone's upset with that. But I guess with that, also, like, really, Suwabara? Like, the tongue is what Suwabara is my boy now, man. Like, I had a I feeling like, you two DJs would like that, but I'm like, really? That was such a funny scene. But like, I love like, despite the fact he had such little screen time, they played into his quirk a lot too. That they're like, holy, holy shit! Like, I remember this being so much weaker at you know at the yep. at the uh, the sports festival, right? Like, the man can make some solid prisons now, right? And I thought it was, it was just it was really funny watching Shinzo try and break out of it. Like I don't I don't know why it was so funny watching him because he just yeah, like a little bit comical. He was just yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean I, I guess kind of talking about his air prison, unless you guys have any other little moments, it's kind of a good transition point. They're kind of going into the first real topic we want to talk about today, which is just kind of going through the names, hero names, quirks, general discussion about the four class one B members that we got today. So Dylan, why don't you kind of lead us on that? Because I know you kind of had that a lot prepared, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the thing that we got was we got three big callouts for this one. Uh, so we got uh, like the whole title cards and everything for these characters. So we got Vine, Quirk Vine, Galvadin, uh, Galvadin, I think that's yeah. how you pronounce it. Um, his Quirk being Beast, Dragon Shroud, his being Scale Bullets. Um, and actually, I don't think we got I one I don't think for... his quirk was actually scale bullets, was it? It was just scale. It was just scale. Because oh, he's able to uh, shoot them. Yeah, it, it's, so it's scale, but they're, they're scale bullets. Yeah. Um, and is it Subara? Yeah, Suaburaba. Suaburaba, yeah. Did we actually get a name for him during no, this? No, we didn't get his actual hero name. Yeah, because his quirk is like solid air, like he makes like a cage out of air, but I don't think we got a special name for him during this one. No, we didn't get his hero name. So before we dive into like, you know, breaking apart all these characters, let me give you some fun facts because I got some fun facts about these characters. Vine, 
Um, originally, her name, her hero name was Maria. Um, it was in like, I think an old like uh, school data book that they released before like 1B really was fleshed out at all. Um, obviously, Maria being uh, in homage to like her whole religious shtick that she has. Um, and Galvadin, the reason why his name is that is for the Beast of Galvadin, uh, which is like kind of like a cryptid sort of um back in like france in the 1700s um basically what happened is there was like a bunch of wolf attacks around and people like died from these like packs of wolves attacking people and it was like a myth of like this uh this like wolf dog human hybrid that went around and killed like all these people um so that is why he's named galvadin is for the beast of galvadin that's kind of cool actually (laughs) His, his his is way more thought out than i thought it would be because, I mean, they were calling him Apocalypse Beast, too. Like, I like Apocalypse like, Which is Beast. still, I think, still a better name. But It, it, might, it might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So I and, guess then we get, and then we get Dragon Shroud, dude. Then we get Dragon Shroud. <laughs> I, I think his quirk is cool. And, like, so before, I forgot what his, like, his quirk was. So, like, scales, they kind of look like dragon scales a little bit. Like, it makes a little bit more sense of where he kind of comes from in the Shroud because he likes the ninja aesthetic or whatever. So, like. I give him a little more credit than just like knowing straight up. If you just hear the name Dragon Child, I'm like, oh, this kid's trying way too hard. But it does kind of work with his quirk and the aesthetic he's picked. So I'm not going to give him too much of time. I call him Edgy Boy in that because I still see him as that. But it's better than just when we were looking through the names like last week after the episode, just kind of talking through it, bullshitting. I give him a little bit more credit now. I, I like I like Rin, man. I think he's like, I like he's he the, the big thing was like how he was working with his team and he was like genuinely trying and like and he seemed to be the most level-headed out of the three of them like the, the other ones really like draw into their extent like aesthetic almost like too much you know what i mean like vine and uh and shiabara right like they both like just double down on it and rin's just there he's like i just want to i just want to win guys <laughs> like yeah so and i guess kind of no. going along with the gimmicks of class would be I, I want to talk about Vine a little bit more and kind of dive more into that. Let's talk about Vine. Let's talk about Vine. I totally forgot that this whole religious chick was like her thing. Like her defining feature is this talking to God and the spotlight moments, all that kind of stuff. The poor sheep falling from the sky. Like, I don't know if it clicked with me. I, I'm pretty sure we got a small part of this kind of during... Like the school festival, I like the fighting um arc or whatever, but I'm not a fan of it. It's not clicking with me. I think there's a like one or two ma- one or two too many references this episode. I think if you just pull it back one less spotlight moment, it might click with me a little bit more. But I just I didn't love nope. it. Nope, I'm fully on board with this. I, I I don't know if it's the fact that like it has that like it's not like a direct homage to it. It's like that weird like partially like jrpg like uh, like talking about it of where they take it and they just like run with it over the top like when when denki like jumps at her and she just like crucifixion and like <laughs> does the, the special move that rules that is so cool i'm a hundred percent on board with it i i don't know why i just like the gimmick i think it's really funny um especially when it's incorporated into the moves too um i i thought it was really cool like the the the, the what was it field uh the shield of faith yeah yeah that rules. Yeah. I I love it. I love it. Um, I hope we get more of her. I, I well, like her stuff. I think it's funny. Yeah, I'm sure that's the only reason why you want more of her. James, what do you think? I mean, I'm pretty indifferent. I like. I I hate to like split the line, but I'm just like, like, there's 
I, I feel like I've watched enough anime and I've read enough manga that there's always a character like this that I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, I mean, it's just it's a it's a check in the box, right? Like you, we've got this character now; she's out of the way. But and like you know what? And I think more so is that she's insanely powerful too. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that draws like like just it kind of like makes me like look over. If she was like shitty and she had this stick, I'd be like, all right, this is way more annoying. But she's like super strong, so. No, you know, and I agree. I'm not saying it ruined the episode by any means. I don't. I don't think it took away from the episode, but it didn't add on to that. I think there's other gimmicks they could have gone with from like all the other characters in the show, like in the Kirishima gimmicks and stuff like that. Like I would have got a rather gotten two or three Kirishima dumb moments during this than the two or three moments we got from Vine and her religious kind of gimmick. So that's just kind of what I'm saying that it could have been better, but it didn't ruin the episode for me at all. But um, I want to. I, I want to know really quick about what was going on with Coda's like insect punch. I want to know what that would have been cool. I want to know what yeah. the deal was there, right? And like, so on top of that, that also showed that Shishida has a really good control of flipping about back to and just forth. Go over to that. That's so yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was. I was kind of. Sh- I was kind of shocked because I like. I couldn't remember if he had like if, if it was like a like a like a switch he kind of flipped and he was had in total control of it, but he literally like he did it right in that moment, right? So. Yeah, I forgot too. I thought it was like a full body body like just transformation of him. That I yeah. forgot that he could kind of go big and small, which which makes sense because he's huge. Like my second time through watching when he was standing with the other two, he looks like he's like six eight, like four hundred pounds. He looks yeah. huge compared to the other two of them. So I forgot really how big that is of that transformation. They don't. Some of the shots, it doesn't really show that a lot of the time with like the height difference and size difference, but he is huge. Yeah, I, I really like his ability because normally what you would think about for this quirk is, you know, you have a mode where you just turn into this big beast and you just go crazy. But he actually has like hyper intelligence when he's in this mode and like he is like pre yeah, like there's he, no he's drawback. a little more aggro. Yeah, he's a little more aggro than normal, but like yeah. he has like full control over it, which I think is really cool. I I, I think it's a good way to take like a tr- like a kind of a boring trope and really make it interesting. No, yeah, and no, I, I agree. I completely agree, and I love that. And even even the kind of that goes along with uh, Dragon Trout as well. It's like oh, like he's kind of another reinforcing quirk, but scales are a lot easier. I mean, he can put it covers body and scales wherever he wants to kind of reinforce his body, like Hiroshima and Tetsu Tetsu. But also, he's found a way to shoot them shoot off his them. body as well. I mean, that's a cool way that it could have just been a third Tetsu, Tetsu slash Kirishima. No yeah. problem. It still could have worked, but he would have looked like a dragon. He had the ninja kind of aesthetic. Like, it still would have worked. But the fact that they found a way, like, how to design his quirk to make it just a little bit different and cooler, even though it seems very basic. He's not a character that's going to stick out with me. He's not someone I'm going to think about ever, like, getting, when doing top 10 list or something kind of like that. But he's still got a really cool moment here. And his quirk deserved recognition, which I think we're going to get with almost everyone in Class 1B if it's based off how this episode is going to go. Everyone is going to be really cool going forward. Yeah, it adds another layer, right? That's the that's the big thing. And that's that's what you want from the from the almost basic quirks, right? Yeah, but I think the next thing, kind of now that we have that, and even going with the shooting bolts and all that kind of stuff, is just the overall animation of this episode. I, I don't want to hand it back to you, Dylan, but like we kind of talked through the topics we want to do beforehand, and this was one that you really wanted to talk through today. So I'll kind of let you lead up what you wanted to say. Yeah, I think there was a couple different components into it. But the first one I really want to go into um, was how they animated the fights. Because I think it was, I, I think it's a big topic going on in anime right now is animation and like the use of CG and the use of just like hand drawing all this. And it's pretty contentious 
Um, especially since I think Attack on Titan is like the big one right now. Yeah. Is they they use like I think rotoscoping CG. I think that's what they use for some of their fights. And it looks good, but like people are just super against CG. Um, to put it in perspective, CG is like way, way, way cheaper to do than actually doing like standard hand-drawn animation. And I think this was a good example of them using it in such a way that you don't really notice it uh, fully. So the points where they used it were on a lot of the vines and a lot of the backgrounds, actually. So whenever they would be a fight, uh, they would kind of blur the background a little bit, but they would use the CG there. And they would, you know, hand animate some of the main like uh, fight moments, but also switch and have these like really fluid shots as well. So I think a lot of this was around Denki. So if you saw a lot of like his movements and a lot of moments of him going up uh, against uh, Gabudin, uh, he would have like these really smooth transitions whenever he was turning his head. Uh, and I love that. I thought it looked so good. Like it just, it was really incredible. I was, I was very, very impressed. No, I think I, I guess I didn't even notice CGI. I'm, I'm still not at the point where I can kind of tell the difference. The one time where I could kind of tell and I didn't think it looked great was when the vines were crawling out on the red background. That was the one time that it just seemed a little wonky to me, but when they were climbing through the pipes and all that, I thought that looked amazing. So I, I mean, again, I can't really tell too much of the difference at this point. I mean, I watched the whole season of Jack and Titan. I couldn't really, there was like maybe one moment the entire season. I could tell like, oh, that looked a little weird. But overall, I mean, I think it all looked great. Everything from start to finish was fluid. And there wasn't any, you were talking about like, oh, one moment he's turning his head hand-drawn and the next moment it's fluid. Like that's all still fluid going between the two different animation styles. And mm-hmm. it completely worked for me. Someone might have an issue with it. But for me, as a little bit more of a hardcore fan that have watched the episode three times already since release, I have not noticed anything bad. Like the only thing you noticed was how good it looked, right? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I know anything for you to add, James. Oh, I was just going to say that, like, you know, um, after, you know, trying to watch the new Berserk, I'm like, I'm like hard in, against like any 3D animation like ever. So if it like if it looks like it's there, I'm just like, ah, like, you know, it, it, like because I, I I understand it's it's cheaper for animation studios to do this. Like, because like, I mean, you got to cut costs somewhere sometimes. But like a lot of these shows have like done so much better because of like how well they're hand drawn and animated. Right. And it's probably saving on production time. Too, I imagine yeah. it's a little quicker. I mean, especially where we're expecting there to be five to six uh, fighting episodes minimum in this arc. That's not even accounting for what we know is coming down there, which is going to be just as wild, if not more wild, of animation. So, it, I mean, it could have been another three, four months if everything was hand drawn. It might have been a fall 2021 show. I mean, so like as long as it still looks good and fluid like that, I mean. Maybe on like if I do another rewatch or something like that, I'll try to pay a little close attention to animation and see if I can really spot the difference. But if they keep this quality going forward with maybe one moment each episode sticking out, I'm okay with that because I don't expect every single frame of every episode to be perfect. I'd rather get that than wait another six months. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely just want to wrap this up by saying like this is like I think a really good example of how to do it and how to do it really well. Uh, because now, like you were saying, their production time isn't going to be insane. Because, uh, you know, a, a, in anime, like a drawing and like animation is notoriously like underpaid as is. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I think I think using moments like this and if they could integrate 3D like into some of these to really cut down on those costs and time, I, I'm I'm all for it. 
Um, I think I think animation needs to be way more sustainable than it currently is. So um, I'm really happy they're doing this. And the yeah. other parts of it that I really liked was this, you know, we were talking about the special lettering for 1B a little bit. And also the use of like onomatopoeia with a lot of the moves was incredible. Like I loved it because it was like, it looked like a comic book, right? Like an animated comic yeah. book. And it, it just looked really cool. I, I, I loved having it in the fight actually. Yeah. One yeah. one final point for to, in regards to the animation. Um, I think if they start using the 3D animation for things that we've already seen hand drawn and you start to see that change, you know what I mean? Like you notice this a lot in uh anime that like changes studios and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I think One Punch Man is like one of the most notorious ones where they completely switch studios and the quality of like the animation and like the 3D became very blatant, stuff like that. But I think if we start seeing very like noteworthy things, like for example, um, and it was mentioned in like in the upcoming episode, like Dark Shadow is getting like a, a like a decent amount of attention. If you start seeing Dark Shadow animated in 3D to save costs and stuff like that, that's when people are going to be like, like, I don't want to see that, right? So I think as long as they 3D the things they can and keep the things that have been hand-drawn, hand-drawn, I think we're, I think we're fine. I think we're safe. Yeah, and then I guess that's kind of a come as it goes. I mean, not only no reason to really talk about it before it actually happens with Dark Shadow specifically, because this episode was fine. But I think yeah. the, the last big topic is, Shinzo kept saying, I am so far behind. And everyone kind of turned the episode that he was fighting against and said, like, no, you're actually not that far behind. So she just said it like, you're, you say you're so far behind, but you're actually a frightening one. And Sue and uh, Kirishima were both saying how good he was doing. Like, so many people were kind of talking about how strong he is. So, do, where do we think? Do we think he's still behind? Do we think he's ready for the hero course? And if you think he's a little behind still, what does he kind of need to do? He has one more fight that is going to kind of prove that he's ready to join the hero course for you. Do you think that he has imposter syndrome? I don't get oh, it. Oh, no. Imp- imp- imposter because he's he, he does the voice and <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of the joke. You don't know. You know, it doesn't land with you. I thought it was good. Like, I don't yeah, know, it was good. Right. Come on, no, give it I to just me, purposely Andrew. try to ignore any of Dylan's jokes. I don't want to ever give. I, that, that was good. that was a good job, man. I like that. It was all right. I, I I don't know. Um, I think it's I think it's a little difficult because we've every time we've seen him, he always has a really good performance, and like he works well with the group. I I definitely would like to see the little moments of like training that we get with, with, with one uh, a normally, like we see them off, like developing their skills and we get to see like where their weak points really are. I want to see that more with Shinzo. I want to see where he's like really weak. Yeah. Cause he just like, they just like, they're like, here he is. He's Aizawa light. And that is, that's all we get. Right. Um, I think, I think the big thing is that you can see that he's like a little hesitant on like, on like physical confrontation. You know what I mean? He's like, he requires a bit of setup, but I mean, like, I'll, I'll say I've said this once. I'll say it again. If Hagakure is a part of like Class One A, why can't Shinzo? Why can't Shinzo be in there? You know what Mineta's I mean? Mineta's like, cried in every single fight he's been a part of. Yeah. So, okay. But like, but Mineta's quirk is insane, and he's good with it. No, right? I know. Like, but like, in terms of like, I'm like, I'm not not even from a quirk level, but from like a physical aspect of like how they do in a fight. I think Shinzo yeah. is at a better point, if not, is at the same point, if not better. Than someone like Mineta, who is in class A right now. Yeah. Mineta is very afraid of confrontation and will actually run away sometimes during fights, despite his quirk being good. And he still finds a way to use his quirk that helps in the end. But Shinzo is at a point where he's hesitant, 
but he's not afraid of the fight, which I think yeah. is, I wasn't trying. I shit on Manette all the time, but no, I was actually using it as a real point of like a psychological point of where they stand in that. I think Manetta has almost better usage and when he really needs to, of his quirk at this point. But in terms of mental state of being a hero and fighting when he needs to fight, Shinzo's at a better point than that. I, yeah, I think, I think absolutely though. Cause like, if you think about Shinzo, I think he ranks, if you were to do a whole ranking of class one, a, he ranks above Hagikure and Mineta for sure. Like mm. if you were to rank them out, I think the difficult part is Mineta. But not and, much more than that. He's still at the bottom of class one. A. Yeah. Mineta I, and man. Hagakure though, have like utility to theirs, like being invisible. You can like do some rescue work or you can get around the villains and whatnot. And even Mineta, like his, his ability can like, I don't know, like hold up a bridge or whatnot. Shinzo is basically all fight. He has to kind of fight as a hero like that. He doesn't have any like really or interrogation, utility. like maybe in, maybe detective no, kind of approach. He can't interrogate with this really. He can't. He can't make them think. Yeah, he can't really make them think. It's can't ask questions. He can only really fight and incapacitate, yeah. which are really good, you know, attributes of a hero. But he has to really lean into that and stacked against the other people of One A, who that is their their thing. It's a little rough. It's it's definitely a little rough. Yeah, because it's not like a it's not like a pure combat quirk, right? Like it's it's really it's really weird. Um, and I mean, there's scenarios in like rescue work that he can do. If you have somebody who's absolutely losing their shit, like Shinzo can brainwash them and make them calm down. You know what I mean? Like he can like I mean, they're probably not gonna be happy about it after the fact, but I mean, like he has that capability. He his quirk yes where it is kind of linear like you can you can apply it to a broad amount of things but i think that's also kind of like a downfall for him too is that it's 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 very straightforward it's very simple um and like i mean he's kind of got to make up for it in other aspects right so like uh, i think like i agree with dylan like he's he definitely would be ranked in class 1a but he's not anywhere as close to the top right yeah but in a one-on-one fight where i mean we've only seen him in fights where everyone knew exactly what his quirk was you put him in an underground vigilante kind of style of hero work where he call what oh, yeah. you need like he's in a dark shadow. He's like, Oh, what are you doing over there? Villain. And the villain's going to answer back. Who are you? Well, he's brainwashed and just what? So, like if you think an actual practical hero work in one-on-one situations where he uses his voice changer. So no one's going to know what his real voice sounds like. So the cat's like, Oh, that's the voice of Shinzo. Be careful. So like, I think in actual real one-on-one hero work, he's incredibly strong because Unless they see him coming and know exactly what he looks like, you won't. Because even a lot of a lot of villains don't know what Aizawa looks like. So if you follow that same approach, I very yeah. much think in real hero work he agrees. But when talking about class one A and in this situation, he I mean he's in the bottom ten out of the two classes combined. So So the one thing I did want to take out of his like comment about how his quirk works is he said it doesn't really work through mics and whatnot and like amplification. But he said I haven't really tried holding multiple people, which that is an absolute open, open for me. Of, yep. That is how he's going to do it. And I, I agree with you, Andrew, like imagining him like going into this like underground like base, right? He's sitting in the shadow and he like says something and, and like a couple people respond and instantly he gets like five people incapacitated. I or think fighting he, for him. Yeah. Or fighting for him. Yeah. yeah All you gotta do like, like, you get someone like Rappa, like the really strong guy from the Shihasaki. Obviously, he loves to talk. He loves to fight. That is the easiest thing, and that turns the entire events of that entire thing if you get Rappa on your side for an hour. So, like, in situations like that, where even it's a very good support, and it's a very good one-on-one. So, I agree. I, I think 
he deserves to be in the hero course. I don't think there's much he needs to do in the next fight to do it when putting it. I mean, if even in the, he's beating people in class 1A and class 1B for me right now. So obviously that just shows that he deserves to be it based on his mentality, his usage of this quirk, kind of his mentality of being a hero already puts it there. But I definitely think he can still show improvement. I mean, he's still behind physically and in a fighting capability, but he has everything that I need to see from him to be a good hero and survive in the hero course. So um, I don't know if we're going to get a decision on like if he's in or not, like at the end of the last fight. Um, but at some point we should probably make our own decision after we watch the last fight of where whether oh, yeah. or not we want him in and what we would do to put him into one Who'd of the Who do you pump out? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, actually uh, I think we were talking about this during the fanfic episode, but like a really common thing is like the fans actually kind of said this as well. They were like, yeah, let's put Shinzo into like 1A. And every time any fanfic puts him in 1A, they always kick Mineta out. I wonder why. It's always Mineta. <laughs> they always kick Mineta out. Yeah, also, shitty grade, shitty performance. And he runs away from everything. Another thing I noticed with Mineta, I'm not going to go off on him too much, is they always use the like, uh, like the asterisks in his eye to not spell him. So like, I don't know if there's like a rabid group of Mineta fans out there that people don't want going to their posts, but it's there. Did, um, okay, so one small thing around Mineta before we then move on to actually kind of wrap up. Oh my up, god, is the little like grapevine thing new on his costume? Like, it, there's a couple of times you guys saw shots of him where he has the balls, and then on just one of them. There's like a little Y thing that you kind of see of like the branches of the grape. Did you guys notice that at all? I haven't noticed that now. But go now back I, and I, watch I'm going to go look I for it. Yeah. I think it's like the one change to his costume. <laughs> but I, I kept great, seeing it every brush, time. Bro. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. But all right. I think that's a good kind of wrap up for all that, which leads to our one last main segment of the show, which is our favorite, which is going to be the plus ultra reward for season five, episode four. Plus Ultra Reward is where we decide each character, one character from each episode, each one of us get a pick, that went beyond the win plus ultra and stood out among everyone else in this episode. And Dylan, I'm going to let you make the first choice for this week. Oh man, this is this is really tough. I think this one is a tough one because so many people performed so well during this. I'm going to say it. I'm going to I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Sue. Sue gets it. Sue easily gets it she racked up so many captures she had like the, the the frog goo going on and she was like pretty like tactical in terms of like jumping around having good vision in different places and like i said she captured a bunch of people directly, you know what John? directly you know what i think about that i fucking agree so who gets that i mean by far let's she go had, she, i think she is the all four captures were because of her she grabbed suabara she knocked out um she beat, first off, Edgy Boy, and then threw him into Shishida, which contributed to both of those. And then, sure, Shinzo got the actual brain rush, but she pulled out Vine as well. All four captures don't happen without Sue there. She has to be the MVP. It's Easily. Sue. Stay bad, James. He's going to pick Shishida because he doesn't want to pick Sue. I wasn't going to pick Shishida. I was oh, going to pick it? Shinzo. I was going to pick Shinzo because it's Shinzo's breakout performance. We don't know. We didn't know how he was going to do. I think like with somebody with a very linear quirk, new new getup, new you know people he doesn't want to work with. I think he did really well. I like he, no, I he think, did well. He did well. He did well. Did he, did he go, go plus, plus ultra. ultra? I think he went plus ultra for his first combat scenario. Absolutely, he was fighting against people who have a metric fuck ton of experience with their quirks. 
he's working with people who have a ton of experience, who have a degree of expectation of what their comrades are going to do. I think Shinzo did really good. There I think Stu towed the line. So I think she did that. an expected amount of work that she should have. And you know what? You can't just hide a, like a, an extra part of your quirk and then bust it out for this. All right? I think that's sus. I think okay, that's sus. listen. She has all the abilities of a frog, okay? You should have known she has yeah. frog goo. A frog goo? I can't. I mean, honorable, honorable mention to Suabara for being an absolute degenerate. Okay, fair. <laughs> oh, what? I, I'm like, you guys insult me when I call, like, do Deku. You call me a main character, like Glover and all that kind of stuff. You are a main character. James loves the Doomers. He gave it to Shinzo last week and this week, even though Shinzo did basically nothing in both episodes. I mean, Dylan has a favorite. I have a favorite. I don't, I don't think we need to call it out, but I think it's just very apparent that. James just has favorites, and he's going to skew the results of the Or I just don't season. like Sue that much. There's also that. We know you, you hate to. Sue. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's so not a question. But... Don't put me in. Don't back me into a corner. Oh, uh, so actually, uh, sorry to derail this a little bit. I do want to talk about that, though. Something I did uh, catch, and I saw kind of a couple comments about it as well, is Sue didn't really have the frog voice that much this episode. No, she didn't. They she got didn't. rid she of didn't. it. Thank God. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of liked it. She just sounded like a normal, normal person. person and i was like thank I don't, god i don't like yeah. this I, I wanted the frog voice that's her gimmick, Give okay, she's, me go, gimmick. she's gonna be a rescue hero and like all of a sudden you're you're crap you're under rubble and someone ru- uh, runs up to you and starts saying ribbit i'm here to help you ribbit are you gonna feel safer <laughs> like, yeah because you would be like wow it's froppy the rescue hero here to save me with her yeah. iconic ribbits the rainy the rainy season hero yeah, like if, you, if you're gonna have a shtick, you gotta double down. Keep the Kiros, keep the ribbits, like all that stuff. Like that's that is her, right? Oh, so I disagree, but she's awful. But it's her. So all right, with that, I think we are going to wrap up this week's episode of the Class One A podcast. If you guys do have any questions or anything you ever want us to walk through on a certain episode on the previous week's episode, general topics, don't forget to send that over on Instagram or Twitter at both at Class um, Class One A Pod. Or send an email to contact at poppedoff.com. We're always reading through that and always happy to include any questions you guys send in to talk about. Even like two weeks ago, we did the Muriel one. Really happy to talk about anything you guys want to dive into. But with that, we're going to be wrapping up today's episode of the Class 1A podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening along. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And we will be back here next Saturday for Season 5 with the beginning of the second fight of the joint training arc. We will see you all then.